Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. So one of the things that uh, I've got the joy of being tasked with multiple times uh, in my career was building a proof of concept. Uh, and that's that's great because you get to kind of work on something that you're like, I think this is going to work, but I'm not sure how. I really can't quote level of effort if I don't even know how it's going to kind of work. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, I can just, I can run this through real quick and put together some technologies. You know, I know that we've done it together on multiple projects we've worked on too. And there's like, hey, could you make some middleware to connect these two larger enterprise systems? And you're like, probably. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so like, let me do a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I put a, a lot of those together. Uh, and one of the things that really chaffs me though. Um, well, wait a is... second, you just said joy. So first of all, is your joy sincere <laughs> or is it sarcastic joy? No, it's, 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 it's joyful up until it's done. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and so I've, sh- I've, this has happened to me multiple times. I'm sure it's probably happened to listeners too, uh, where you show the proof of concept to the stakeholders and they're like, mm-hmm. cool, uh, let's put it in production. You're like, oh boy. no, 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 <laughs> this is, this is, this is very junky code. Mm-hmm. Um, it just barely works. And what they hear is, well, it's done. You show it me works. That it works. You said barely works, so, but it works. Yeah, it works. We're not going to waste time. Like you already did the work. We're not going right. to waste time to do it again. Um, no. And so we're just going to put it out there. And, and I, I think it's, it's really hard unless you've developed a good relationship with your business uh, to explain to them that just because something works doesn't mean it's going to work long-term. It'll actually cause more headaches. It'll cost more money to, to work on. Uh, it might go down and, you know, erode customer trust. Like you really have to kind of work yeah. through those conversations with your stakeholders for them to understand that you're not just trying to waste time and build it again. Right. <laughs> sure. Right. So, so just, just to kind of make sure we're on the same page, like when we're talking proof of concept, um, it is, it is functioning code. Like, so it is something that you, mm-hmm. you could, it's not like wireframes or mockups, but it is something right. like you could theoretically ship to production, which I guess is the problem we're talking about. But it's it's done purely as like an exploration um, to figure out like maybe there's three different ways of doing this, which is the right one. Um, but it's it's so from the developer perspective, you're saying this is never intended to go live. It's meant to be thrown away. But from the stakeholder perspective, they see it and they're like, let's go live with that. And so that that disconnect is what we're we're trying to to solve here. Yeah. And, and when you say like, it's just kind of real quick code, maybe there's no error handling. So sure. it's just like set yeah. up to run in a perfect scenario. And, and because you're in, you know, a lot of times proof of concepts are in very small environments too. Yeah. So yeah. if we take 1% of our traffic and run it through this proof of concept, did it work? Yes. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's going to handle hundred percent of the traffic all the time without errors. Okay. Um, that maybe there's no unit tests or anything like that. So you just kind of yeah. like, you got it to work yeah. once and you're like, now if no one touches this ever, Right. And we don't put any traffic through it. It works like I've just shown you. <laughs> this carefully um, constructed demo, I can show it working. Yeah, this is great. So you want to make our base out of just um, binding t- uh, wire and, and mobile gun. Awesome. <laughs> so the, the issue then becomes like, so what do I do then when I'm building proof of concepts if I'm afraid that that sort of thing might happen? Because, you mm. know, uh, uh, there's a lot of people that like to talk and we've talked sometimes too, like, well, you just tell them no. Well, it depends on where you are personally in your career, what political capital you have, you know, yeah. do you have savings account that you cannot have the job if they freak out? Right. You know, there's all these different things the way. So sometimes yeah. the answer isn't you tell them no and we do it the right way. Sometimes you just can't do that. 
Yeah. Um, and I hate when people give that advice. Just do it the right way. It's like, well, yeah, okay. That's well, and even if that's cool. That's the ultimatum you get to. Like, if there's a way to prevent getting to that point, yeah, I think that's the smartest strategy, anyways. Yeah, and that's why people think you're so friendly versus me. That. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, what are some of the the techniques that we'll do? And, and this this actually is funny because. This idea was inspired off of a proof concept me and you did together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I saw the, the code and I was just, you might not know this. I was very, very angry <laughs> because it was, it was such a, it was such a, it was basically, we we're doing some proof of concept with some Stripe stuff. Oh, I know what you're and, talking about. Yep. Yeah. And it, it was, it wasn't even in controllers. It was like no. right all in the yeah. routes file. I'm like, oh, I can't even like, my idea was at least I would copy some of this and like put it mm-hmm. into the real app or whatever. I'm like, and they're nope. just passing things around like out of the request directly. I'm like, what are you doing? This- See what I did? Like, I well, headed you off from using my proof of concept in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. So, so number one, do it so bad that other yep. team members can't copy it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but I thought we would talk today a little bit about like what are some of the things that you can kind of do along the way when you know this might be a danger, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to okay. invest too much time in making a, a great, um, huge you know, level of application development that we would in a normal app. But there are some tips along the way that we can do on our proof of concepts that um, uh, will get us to at least a better point if we are kind of forced to throw those into uh, into the mix into production. I'm excited to hear hear your wisdom here. Oh, I thought you were going to add them. Oh, <laughs> oh it's, you're setting this up. Okay, okay. Now, Joel, tell us how to do that. Well, I gave yeah. you my tip. My tip is just to make the code so unpalatable <laughs> that it would never be considered. So the... <laughs> The, the, the first thing I do is, uh, so imagine, I'm going to go on some more specifics. Okay. So imagine that you're doing a proof of concept between like your core platform and a payment vendor. And you know that there might be more than one payment vendor in the, in the future. And, mm-hmm. and those things might different, might change and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you could just write for your one payment method, uh, one vendor and put it like all in the block of code and call it good. Um, but if you've been doing programming for a while and you know about PHP design patterns, things like that, you might go and say, I want to make a strategy class. And then that way I can put in different versions of different strategies yep. for different payment vendors. Yeah. Well, doing, doing that whole thing right now is way overkill because you don't even know if this is going to work, sure. but there's that, that middle ground, right? So you go and you see, um, this idea of like, you see, so you have your main code block and, and, and then you, you can take all the stuff that's specific to your vendor. And just put it in like a private or protected method instead. Mm, uh, so okay. your, your your main workflow then calls this method, which does, again, just hard-coded work for your one vendor, let's just say Stripe, and returns uh, an object or a set of values that the rest of the main workflow can work with. So the idea there is that it's kind of good progress in a way you've kind of broken up the code, you know, but... Uh, the idea would be then if you get to a point where you want to start refactoring things to add more, now mm-hmm. you only have this one small little method which you can take all that code and extract it into a strategy okay. um, and then build on different ones. So the main workflow that we know is kind of working now, you can, it's still going to call that protected or private method. And then that's just going to use different strategy classes to, you know, return the sets of values. And you start to encapsulate that, that information into smaller segments. And right away, it should be digging in your head. Like, well, if we have those all in little, strategy classes that means that you're getting set up to run as you know in unit tests and all that kind of stuff too yeah yep exactly (laughs) um so that's probably the first thing i do is when you're running through this stuff and kind of thinking about this think about like where where are the places that i might might maybe encapsulate or change into something more complex if this was the right the highest quality of app 
yeah. and go a middle route on planning that. Like we don't want to go too far because you're not going right. to need that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just don't want to just vomit all the code out <laughs> in one straight line either. So, so just to, just to make sure I'm, I'm tracking your, your strategies are less about trying to head off the business person from using this proof of concept and more just like mitigating the fact that when they inevitably want to do it, it's not going to be as horrible because you've kind of built in some points of extension or you, you haven't painted yourself completely in a corner for something meant to be thrown away. You're making it where, it, like you said, that middle ground where, okay, all right, now we have to make this real. Here are the 10 places that I can logically start by making the, making this more of a production app. Is that yeah correct? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. Because, yeah, because I, I personally think it's really difficult, especially when you're in your earlier part of your career, yeah. to find footing to say no. Yeah. So it's, it's preparing for the inevitable and, but not preparing so much that you're actually slowing down the proof of concept significantly. Okay. I like that. Good tip. A second thing that we can do along this, this proof of concept path is doesn't really take that much time. And we've actually talked about this before is you can set up your unit test stuff and just Mm -hmm. write, write the names of the methods that indicate what you would test if you were. Okay. And just mark them as incomplete or to do or whatever. Yeah. Because again, like when you come back and look at this, there's a whole bunch of stuff you're going to have to spin up in your head to understand like, how does this work again? And because that's also been my experience. When you do proof of concept, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Let's put it in production. You're like, no, let's put it in production. And you could take it away onto something else. And something happens on this broken piece of code that never should have been there, you know, three months later. And you're like, how does this work again? Oh, sure. It's, it doesn't even look like something I would write because I didn't write it to be kept, you know? So just, just uh, maybe this is a tangent, but like, would for sure I get, get the incomplete or to do tests. Would you ever leave comments in the code? Like w- would the comment be like those extension points you're talking about, or would you go beyond that and be like, all right, you know, if, if this ever makes it to production, do this, this, and this. I mean, I'd like to say that those matter, but yeah. they, they, they don't. <laughs> you mean you know, just the, um, you'll ignore it later. Yeah, the, in my experience, the only good sort of comments, um, and I love comments, mm-hmm. but are to explain like a workflow yeah. uh, that isn't incredibly clear. So a lot of times when you're working on like a good quality piece of code, like you work on your unit tests and you kind of you refine this code until it looks so simple uh, and elegant that you're like, wow, this looks like it was easy to write. Mm-hmm. When you know that it, was, it took a lot of time to make it look like it was easy. Right. Um, and so during that process, you can write kind of comments and explain things that aren't so clear yet yeah. or okay. why did you do things. But I, I've many times wrote notes that said, I'm going to do the, do this later. If you're going to do this, um, <laughs> more often than not, you're, you're too precise or you're not right. on what's actually going to happen in the future. Yeah. And if you're continuing to be good at your craft, you probably know an even better way to do what you're mm-hmm. saying needs to be done okay. by the time you come yeah. back to this code. Yeah. That's so a good point. I, I've I've written notes in the in the way in the past that said, "Oh, do this." And I come back, I'm like, "Why would you ever do that?" Yeah, this well, it, bad, it's a bad idea. It, it's always been funny to inherit a code base from somebody else, and you'll see to do comments, and then you look mm-hmm. in the Git history, and that to do is seven years old. <laughs> You're like, "Yeah, that's never getting done." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, fair do. point, fair point. And then the third and final sort of thing is kind of a sort of planning thing after this has made it to production. Because okay. it's it's going to go there. We we wished it didn't. We tried. It's it's gone there. We're just uh, too it good. Is... It just makes it to production every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why don't why is, doesn't the rest of your stuff go this fast though? Yeah. <laughs> um, it is once it's there and you're going to be asked to add new features or fix things or whatever, you have to work in sort of your maintenance 
on, on this project then. And so we're not talking about totally rewriting things for things that aren't happening, but there mm-hmm. are areas that, you know, like now that's in production, this would be done differently, put some mm-hmm. air handling in there or whatnot. Yeah. So every, every sort of thing that you, they ask you to do you need to work in like 50% more time just to start to build this thing up for them. Because in a perfect world, we'd like to say that, yeah, they should understand these risks. Um, and if it goes down, it's their business. But if, if you've been doing it for as long as we have, you know that when it goes down, it's their business, but it's your fault. Yeah. You know, and so you have to go and you have to, you know, depending on what kind of contract you have, you have to go and fix it. Maybe when you'd like to be hey, having your time off or, not, you know, and it's yeah. like, well, you shouldn't have wrote such broken proof of concept work. But anyway, um, is the idea, like I said, to plan in these additional things. And it's, it's like, okay, could you add on this one integration? Sure. That's going to take X amount of time, which involves, you know, doing that integration and adding error handling. And then the next thing is, you know, and then adding logging and then writing out these unit tests and, you know, oh. and sort of, sort of build on that. So you just kind of have to claw back some of that stuff um, after it's been into production. And it's important for you as a professional to know that you just have to do that. That's, that's part of your yeah. job. Yeah. I, I really like all of those, those strategies, Aaron. So, you know, again, greenfield, perfect scenario. <laughs> this would never <laughs> happen. But hopefully these tips will save you some um, heartache down the road if you find yourself in this situation. So I got a problem with birds. (laughs) Okay. I mean, okay. So I kind of, I grew up on more of a farming area Mm -hmm. uh, and we had chickens and I remember, you know, sometimes you'd have to throw stuff into the chicken coop or bring in, you know, various straw and mix of stuff to kind of give them a bedding. Um, and there was, there's a rooster in there and a bunch of hens. And every time I'd open that door to kind of put some stuff in there, that rooster would be like, oh, it's on. And he'd just be like, he'd come at me, and like, you know, making those rooster sounds. I can't, I'm not going to try to make a rooster sound right now because I know it's going to come out bad. It's okay. like whenever I try to do an accent and you're like, what was that? I'm like, I don't mm, know. I can really mini, that. Mini stroke. <laughs> okay. um, so I, I just, it's clearly seared into my mind. This one time, this stupid rooster was like, jumps up on the wheelbarrows. I'm like, you know, trying to dump it in there. I was like, you know, you want to fight? I'm screaming his rooster sounds. Um, and I panicked. You know, I was, I was a teenager and I'm like, if the rooster gets up, my mom's going to be so mad. Mm. So I did the only thing that you possibly can do when a rooster's jumped on your wheelbarrow threatening you is punch it right in the face. Just <laughs> the rooster. Don't they have the pointy faces? <laughs> yeah. I was, I, apparently I was a good aim when I was younger. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I've, I've none of those athletic skills now. Um, and just punched them in there. But it, it got me thinking about all the other like weird bird run-ins that we end up having. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's. You say like we, this. but don't drag me into this. Well, I was. I, th- I think you have run into here. Okay. Like the, the, right. the other day, I was walking in in um, a park with my friend, and there's a bunch of Canadian geese, mm. and you know they're protected, so you can't like mess with them. But there's just so many of them now, mm. uh, especially around water in in our area. And so we're walking, and they're on the, like the pathway. I'm like. I guess we now have to leave the pathway because of all the geese. And, you know, so I'm just quietly walking around them and she's, she looks at the goose and she's like, don't you give me attitude. I'm like, don't talk to the goose. Oh my God. Context. Yeah. And the goose is like, ah, I'm starts hissing at her. And I'm like, I've never seen a goose hiss. Like, yeah. what do you do? She's like, stop it. Don't you hiss at me. I'm like, stop doing that. I don't want to be attacked by a goose. But you know, she's like, Oh, they've, they've bitten me in the back of the lake. I'm like, yeah, because you yell at them. But I was getting my punch ready. 
you were prepared. You're like, I've dealt with this before. So, so Aaron, I, can I just ask you a question with your deep farming experience? Uh, <laughs> other, I, I just remember the other day I was Googling something and you know how you start typing into autocomplete and then it like fills out the question. Yeah. I, it was, t- I, fr- I don't remember what my question was, but I typed something like our eggs and it autocompleted our eggs dairy. And I'm like, why would you think eggs are dairy? Is that what? Maybe because they're both on a farm, but no. That's a, at least in my Google experience, that is the first autocomplete. When you type our eggs, our eggs dairy. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> so for over 75 years, I've been writing a blog on my personal website, <laughs> AaronSurrey.com. So you can check that out for uh, articles about programming, business, well, maybe the last seven, 10 years. I haven't been blogging for 75 years, but I do have 75 years of PHP experience. And you can read about that at joelclaremont.com.